Hi, David. Why have financial markets been choppy and without direction of late? Hi, Alex. Uh, the third quarter was positive for risk assets, but did end with September being the first negative return month for US equities since March. Tellingly, e- even during the sell-off in equities and market volatility, um, government bond yields were only uh, a little bit lower. And, and I think this underscores that with government bond yields so low that core fixed income is offering less in the way of diversification for the equity risk in portfolios. Um, There was some modest widening in credit spreads uh, during September, but by less than might have been expected considering the performance of equity markets. I I think that's because of the low volatility in government bond markets and uh, central bank backstops for uh, credit. Uh, The rising number of virus cases in in the UK and, and Europe and, and to some extent, again, in the US, I think it's also impacting uh, markets. The sort of what's been described as a reopening trade, whereby, you know, the COVID affected sectors of the economy um, you know, start to uh, recover. Um, and also this sort of rotation from uh, defensives to, to cyclicals, um, you know, has, has kind of stalled, I think, on the back of that pickup in uh, virus in infections. Uh, just staying on that theme of the virus, I think the other thing the market's been waiting for has been news on um, uh, vaccines, uh, several of which are in the sort of final uh, phase three trials, but we're not going to get results on any of those trials until I think the end of October at the very earliest. And, and I think the sort of um, time scale for sort of positive news on 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 vaccines and and approvals is kind of drifting into later in 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 later in the year um so i don't think we're going to get an approved and widely available vaccine until you know as we've discussed before you know the first half of 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 next year so virus related restrictions on activity i think will continue to uh hamper the economic recovery and and the recovery is going to slow quite meaningfully after that initial bounce in the third quarter. So I think in terms of the, you know, how the market's been performing over the last three or four weeks, and in terms of the term market outlook, I, th- I think it's going to remain, you know, choppy and range bound. I think investors are in a waiting game for news on vaccines, you know, closer to home, even in terms of things like the Brexit negotiations. But most importantly, I think they're in a, in, in a, in a waiting game for the outcome of their US elections. And David, we had the first US presidential debate this week. What's the current state of play in the US elections? Well, neither Joe Biden nor Donald Trump landed a sort of significant blow during what could only very, very loosely be described as a debate earlier um, this week. And and I can't imagine that it's really moved the um, dial for for voters, most of whom have already made up their mind. Um, if you if you look at the nationwide opinion polls, then Joe Biden, the Democratic uh, candidate for uh, U.S. president, has an opinion poll lead of about seven percent, um, and and Trump is actually further behind in the national polls than he was at this stage in the uh, 2016 presidential election against Hillary Clinton. That said, Trump has actually been closing the gap in some of the swing states, such as Florida and Ohio, but it's still around about three or four percentage points behind in most of the other uh, swing states. Um, you know, there's, there's a, I think, a healthy scepticism in the market that the 
around whether the polls are, are really a true reflection of the you know, current state of the uh, race. We know from the 2016 presidential election that although the nationwide uh, opinion polls were you know, more or less uh, accurate, uh, the polls meaningfully understated uh, Donald Trump's support in key states such as Wisconsin that paved the way to the to pave the way to the White House. So um, I, I think you know the market itself is kind of discounting those polls, which would suggest something like a seventy percent chance of a um, Biden victory. And, and and I think the market is more like a sort of you know fifty five percent more better than evens chance that uh, Biden wins uh, the election. I think for for U.S. domestic policy. Uh, the outcome of the congressional elections is at least as important as who occupies the White House. Um, I, it seems very likely that the Democratic Party will retain control of the House of Representatives. And so the focus is on the Senate, where the Republican Party has a three-seat uh, majority. Now, there's only two of the 35 Senate seats up for re-election are actually currently held by Republicans. So normally you would expect uh, the Republican Party to be able to hold its uh, majority, but uh, several Senate races do seem to be pretty close at the moment, and uh, prediction markets are giving the Democrats a sort of you know 50 to 55 percent chance of gaining control of the Senate as as, as well, so of a sort of Democrat. Uh, clean sweep of the presidency and both houses of of Congress. So there's 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 a lot of permutations, and um, I think still a lot of uncertainty as to what the outcome will be um, on November the third. Even if we learn what the outcome is on November the third. Thanks for that analysis, David. What are the market implications for the U.S. elections? Clearly, I think there are important policy differences, and therefore market implications from uh, these elections. Um, arguably, the elections have already had an impact on policy and on uh, markets because um, it seems unlikely that we're going to get another fiscal uh, package uh, this side of the uh, November the 3rd uh, elections. There are uh, sort of ongoing discussions uh, in Washington at the moment on, on trying to get a deal, but it still seems uh, relatively um, un unlikely. Um, I think if there's a democratic clean sweep of both houses of Congress and the White House, then I think we're going to get uh, a, a quite a big fiscal stimulus package in the first uh, quarter of um, next year. Um, I think that if it's the sort of status quo, so uh, President Trump retains the White House, the Senate is uh, Senate controls retained by the Republicans. I think we'll get some kind of uh, fiscal package, but I think it will be um, uh, relatively small. So I think that will, you know, that that does actually matter in terms of what happens to Congress in terms of the policy um, uh, outlook. And, you know, if we get a much bigger fiscal stimulus package, then I think that would be associated with some bear steepening of the Treasury curve. So in other words, I think, you know, long end US Treasury yields would move higher because a bigger fiscal stimulus package uh, would boost uh, growth and I think would sort of bring forward market expectations as to when the Fed is uh, likely to uh, raise interest rates. 
Um, I also think a democratic clean sweep would be associated with a weaker dollar, and I think it would be pretty positive for um, emerging market assets because um, I, I think a, uh, President Biden, you, you're much less likely to get um, sort of a renewed tariff war, not only with China, but with also, you know, tariffs being used um, in, in terms of managing bilateral trade and political relations with other countries, whether that be in Europe or uh, emerging economies. That's not to say that um, I think relations between the US and China will not remain very strained. I think there is broad consensus in the US on the need to, quote, contain um, China. I just don't think that it's going to spill over in the same way in terms of um, a, a trade policy. I, th I think if we have the status quo, so President Trump you know, retains the White House, the Republican Party retains the um, Senate, uh, while the Democrats have the um, House. I think we get a bit of a bounce in equities. I think equity markets uh, or investors are a bit concerned about the Democratic Party agenda of higher corporate taxes, um, higher uh, taxes on high income earners, and more regulation, particularly in the field of energy, potentially in, in, in terms of banks as, as well. So I think if we get the sort of status quo, Trump wins, we get a bit of a bounce in equities, I think we get a stronger dollar. I don't think it really does very much in terms of treasury yields, because I don't think we get much in a way of a significant uh, fiscal stimulus. And then just, you know, I guess final point is just to make is, uh, you know, one of the permutations uh, for, for these elections is actually we have a delayed and contested um, election um, outcome. Um, you know, there are going to be uh, unprecedented number of Americans who are going to be voting by mail because of concerns around the coronavirus. Uh, mail-in votes take longer to, to count, so you can get a delay from that. Uh, but there's also more room for some of those for those mail-in votes to be challenged as to you know when they were posted, uh, when they were received, uh, the rules around um, how to, which votes are, are sort of valid, um, vary um, state by state. In in the 2000 uh, presidential election, if we if we remember, um, there was a you know dispute over the count in Florida, which was crucial for determining whether. Um, you know, George W. Bush or um, Al Gore had ultimately won the presidential election. And it wasn't until uh, the middle of December that the Supreme Court effectively ruled in uh, George uh, Bush's um, favour. And, and during that period from when there was the um, election night through to uh, mid-December, uh, you know, the S&P were several percentage points lower although the economy was slowing and, and volatility was certainly quite a bit um, higher. So, you know, we're in circumstances now which are, you know, more polarised politically and more difficult because of the um, pan pandemic. And if the race is close and so the outcome is dependent on um, the count in a couple of states and then that count is uh, subject to legal challenges, then we could have, you know, uh, you know, several weeks potentially of uncertainty around uh, the outcome of the election and obviously what that would mean in terms of policy uncertainty. And so uh, that certainly will have a big impact on um, financial markets and, and, and it wouldn't be, um, you know, a positive one for, 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 for risk assets in that kind of um, scenario. So, 
you know, I think against this backdrop, um, I, I, I do think the market's going to stay pretty much uh, range bound unless we get, you know, positive news, unexpected positive economic news or, or, or in terms of a um, fiscal deal. And, and I think investors will be focused on protecting, you know, any gains they've made this year rather than um, adding risk into portfolios. But I, th I think once we get past the US elections, there is a lot of capital on the sidelines that can be deployed. And I think it will get deployed on hopes around the vaccine, around expectations for uh, the economic recovery to continue through 2021, especially if there is more fiscal stimulus in the US and and, and, and elsewhere. So, you know, near term cautious, but you know, looking beyond the elections and once we have an outcome, uh, then I still think on balance, the, 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 the outlook from the markets is, is broadly positive. Thanks, David. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by Blue Bay Asset Management LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by Blue Bay. To the best of Blue Bay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the FCA only and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Blue Bay does not provide investment or other advice and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except for suitant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials the offering materials. If there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the Blue Bay Fund, the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail. You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay Fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP. Copyright 2020, Blue Bay. The investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, registered office, 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay Group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com. All rights reserved.